audio. Hello again, and welcome to this edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me is Dr. Kyle Schmidt, who is a neurosurgeon at the Monument Health Neuroscience Center. Welcome back, Dr. Schmidt. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed the first one. Uh, this I'm excited about because I'm I'm just geeky enough to thoroughly enjoy this kind of technology, especially when it comes uh, uh, in in the field of medicine. Because I know that someday I'm probably going to need some of this. <laughs> so I'm glad it exists. That's the thing. Uh, and what we're going to talk about today is something that you are very familiar with that we have here at Monument Health, which is the Globus Excelsius GPS. And I'm not even going to attempt to go into any sort of explanation. That's why you're here on this, doctor. So uh, what is this? Yeah, so it's a robotic type of navigation. And what I mean by that is when we do spine surgery, sometimes you go in and just take out some ligament and bone, clean up around nerve roots to give them more room, take out a disc. That's, that's typically called a decompression. As you get wear and tear in your spine, and this can be due to trauma, but a lot of times it's arthritis, wear and tear. I tell people, say, well, why do I get arthritis? And I say, look at your knuckles. Are those as smooth as when you were 15? No. The back supports you your whole life. You get wear and tear, and if things are moving more than they should or joints get worn out, similar to the knees, hips, and you need to fuse, meaning lock it in place, it's where you put in rods and screws. So the old days, although we still do it some, we use x-ray to put these in, put in hardware, rods and screws. Right. And when you do that, you're basically trying to – that's a single shot. You're trying to figure out where you are. And several companies – Globus is one of several spine companies, but several companies have come out with what they call navigation – and what that is, is you either get an intraoperative CT or a CT preoperatively and then doing something they call register where you get it once they're positioned in surgery to match up. And basically what you're doing is you're taking your instruments and being able to say, I am right here on this patient. So when you go put in a screw, the original navigation was you had a screw that you could see where you were screwing it in, but I was controlling that screw. Mm -hmm. So the Globus came out with a robot and it doesn't put the screw in per se itself, but it has a a robotic guidance arm, basically, that comes into position over the patient and guides where you put the screw. And that's a huge safety measure. So if you think about just even x-ray, that's like having a roadmap to say, where are we going? It's like the old Rand McNally. You got it out in the car and you said, where are we going today? Well, if you get into a city, it gets real hard. There's little streets here and there and you get lost and my wife's telling me I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> you know how this goes. Right. So then navigation comes along, which is like Google Maps, Apple Maps, whatever you want to call it, where you can say, geez, this is the quickest way to get there. Well, now you throw the robot in there, which takes the, the navigation and an extra safety feature, basically self-driving you there. And so it's less tissue dissection. It's less, less angst for us. It's less work to make this huge exposure so I can see everything where this is telling you, hey, you can put this screw in right here. And in fact, the guide you put it through has sensors. So if you're pushing too hard or if it's a little off, it tells you you're off and you can recheck everything. So it's, it's not only a, uh, a way to make things a little bit quicker, less tissue dissection. It's a huge safety check. How long have they been using uh, screws and things like that to fix your spine or your skull? 
Yeah, so the spine stuff, decades. Going back, I, I've seen a few people had fusions in the 80s, but the technology was not that great. And even the screws we use, they're so much more advanced than they were 15, 20 years ago. They're, they're lower profile. They're easier to put in. It's like any technology. It gets better as it comes along. The navigation has probably been around. I, I trained on the navigation itself starting in 2013. And so it's been around a while, probably the mid-2000s. But like any technology, it's becoming easier to use, more user-friendly, and more advanced. So if you had back problems in the 50s, and and what what did they do? They, they they didn't use that kind of technology then at all. I mean, not 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 the not the 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 you know the the GPS. Yep. But I'm just talking the screws and the yeah. things like that. You just lived with it. Lived with it. The even just imaging. So MRIs were yeah, around. And, right. And so you really took a guess on where the problem was anatomically, saying, "Hey, if you have pain down this distribution of your leg, we think it's this disc." And oh. my point being, unless they were really in dire straits, you probably just lived with it. Right. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) I just, I'm, I'm so happy I I was born when I was, I guess, (laughs) to see all of these changes that are coming about. Um, So, so having this type of technology and what's really quick, just kind of going back to the machine itself, what I found really, really amazing about this is its size. It's no bigger than pushing a, uh, I don't know, like a coffee cart, right? That it's, and it kind of folds up into itself a little bit, very maneuverable, Correct. right? Correct. So there's a, a station, they call it, that has a set of eyes, per se, kind of infrared that can see where the, the robot is. And it help, that's what kind of sees everything, sees the patient, sees the robot, and knows where things are in space. Then the machine pulls up to the bed. And there's other companies out there that have them that are also good companies, mm-hmm. but some of those connect to the bed themselves. Well, that gets in the way. So right now, myself and the assistant with me and the surgical tech, we can have the robot in, I can be working, my assistant can be helping me, and the surgical tech handing us instruments, and we're all around the patient not feeling encumbered, which is a huge deal. Yeah. Well, it has little little stabilizers on it, so when you roll it in, it locks itself into place. Um, and then the arm attachment that I know is a big part of this uh, it, it's like if you, if you work with any sort of hand tool that has, uh, you know, quick lock, um, parts, that's exactly the same thing. So you can interchange these things within seconds. Correct. Correct. And once we bring the arm into position where we want to say, put in a screw, once it's there, it is solid. So you can do pull-ups on it. I don't, I don't obviously, (laughs) but, uh, maybe the orthopods do. No, just kidding. No, I, uh. I, it's extremely solid in position, so it's very hard to move, which is what you want. You right. want it rigid in space. And then you can interchange parts. And when we put in these screws, you, once we get things registered, I can put in a screw, if things are all set up well, probably a screw, one screw every minute or two. And you were telling me that there used to be a, a, a rate of anywhere from, what, 14 to 50% of failure on these screws? So misplacement. Misplacement, And yes. so there's a wide range, and the wide range was 14 to 50. That's five zero percent of screw misplacement. Now, the challenge with that is it's kind of like, I know it seems sim- simple building a house or putting something in wood. You can put a nail in a little crook and it's still functional. But if it's coming out of the wood, you need to replace it. So screws, a lot of times with x-rays, may not have been perfect, but they were appropriate. And sometimes they were in a spot you had, they were causing a problem and you had to go replace them. And that number is anywhere the literature says, yeah, 14 to 50%, which is, you know, one in five to one in two. Way too high. high, right. With our current system, we've had it since April of 2022, and I've, I've done right around 70 procedures. I've put in well over 400 screws, maybe approaching 500, and I haven't had to replace one yet. Not a single one. 
That is incredible. Gives me anxiety because I tell every patient, (laughs) the odds are it's coming. I I just, I hope not. I'm looking for some wood in here for you to knock on at this point. I don't have any. There we go. You can do that. Um, So having this type of technology, I mean, really, what does that mean for patients and the outcomes? Oh, it's, it's a patient safety. Now, yeah. it does allow for more minimally invasive options. There's a debate of, is minimally invasive significantly better? And I think that that's a challenge. To, There's really a debate about that? Well, because because you can do things with smaller incisions doesn't always mean it's better. And and my, my point being, if you can do it minimally invasive and have the same outcomes, yes, it's great. But sometimes a little more exposure is helpful. Not always, but sometimes. But it is better for patient outcomes because, well, one, it it's, speeds things up. Mm-hmm. So some of these trauma surges, especially that used to take me four or five hours, I'm able to do in two or two and a half. And even some of the elective stuff used to take four or five or six hours. And now you're doing them um, in two or three. So yeah. it's less time under anesthesia. It's less time of muscle retraction, which causes pain. And those people just get up and move better after surgery, and it's a quicker recovery. So those are, well, yeah, that kind of uh, speaks to the benefits then um, of patients using this, of course. Uh, so in, in coming up, what are there more of these type of advancements that are on the way? Uh, and well, wait before before you answer that question, is is keeping up with these type of uh, advancements? Is this is this a challenge on this to to learn these type of things? Because it almost is like you're a little bit of an IT engineering too when it comes to having to to learn this stuff. It is. There, there's a lot to learn. And, and for this, we had to go to a course. Now, it, it's a day-long course. I, I was already very familiar with navigation, so it wasn't a huge deal. But all this technology, as you as you learn it, there is, there is a learning curve for all of it. Yeah. And, and really, how do you become efficient and safe? Right. Because the goal is for patients to be efficient to you know, decrease their time under anesthesia, but also be safe doing it. And, and there's a team who does it. We have I'm trained. My partners are trained. Some of the surgical techs and nurses go on the training with us. The the company has representatives in the operating room who are there who help manage this and troubleshoot any issues that arise, which are really uncommon. But these technologies, they're making them so much more user-friendly. And now... Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just when you say user-friendly, also when I was watching this this being used, it's it's a touchscreen and it's like drag and drop. As well, like you're photoshopping, (laughs) you know, the screws into the person, I guess. That's exactly what you're doing. You have a a preoperative CT or you can get a CT in surgery and you can say, hey, I want this screw here and you can adjust it. And the reason that's a big deal is you can line up where they go. So then when you go to put in a rod between all these screws, everything's in great alignment. And the great thing about the Globus compared to some other systems I've used is the other systems, you planned all this ahead of time, but once you were scrubbed in as a surgeon, if you wanted to change anything, you had to break scrub, go replant. Oh. This is actually draped into the field, meaning it's sterile. So if I put in a screw and I say, geez, this doesn't, I don't love where this anatomy is, I can literally, it's like a touch screen on your cell phone. You right. can literally change it and and put a new screw where you want it. It's, it's just incredible. So how many... Uh how many? One thing I want to reiterate too, when we talk about these robotics that a lot of hospitals use, some people get the impression that, well, once the robots are there, then what do the doctors do? I can't stress enough that the doctor absolutely is in that room running the machinery. Correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually. I mean, the the robot lines up where it goes. Yes. And then. I drill, drill the trajectory, I put in the screw, right. or then use something called, called neuromonitoring to stimulate the screw to make sure it's where you think it is, which is a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but my point being, there's several safety checks to make sure the screw is where it is. But ultimately, I'm the run, 
planning the screws and then putting them in. I physically put them in. Right. The robot just helped guides where it goes. How many people are generally in the room with you when this is happening? So, you, you said you can have – what's nice about it is you can all be around the patient because the machine really isn't in the way. But, I mean, it, it's like you said, it's a whole team. There's usually at least six people in the operating room during this, sometimes okay. up to ten. Oh, and that, and really? That's, and that's not all related to this, just right. the operating room in general. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of folks there. So, uh, I mean, you obviously must enjoy this. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you must love the technology of it. Uh, so the question before I, before I got off on, uh, um, you know, saying that doctors are always in the room, um, do you have any other, uh, is there any other types of technology like this on the horizon, testing phases, whatever, that you're kind of excited about that maybe you can speak to a little? Oh, yes. There, there's, there's always plenty of stuff coming down. Um, they've, 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 there's some companies that have 3D glasses, so you can visualize the anatomy intraoperatively. So how do, is, that like, is that like the, uh, the, 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 the virtual machines that you use, like with your PlayStation or things like that, similar? I believe so, but it's super new. Oh, my So gosh. we'll see. And then there's the, even the intraoperative CT scanners we have. So uh, Monument was very supportive when I came here about three years ago. The system we had was was kind of what most places had, but the Globus robot was coming out, and we made a push to get it because financially it was a lot for Monument. Sure, but it's 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 turned out to be very beneficial for patients, and that's what we wanted. Yeah. And so they made it. They put their. They were really really to make a big investment in that, which I really appreciated. And my point with that being. There's other things coming out. So our intraoperative scanner, which is kind of like a CT scanner intraoperatively, there's a new one coming out. Well, it just came out a couple of years ago that it covers more levels when it does a scan of the spine, which is good because it's less radiation exposure. So right. there's, there's all aspects of this where there's technology that's just getting better and better and better. <sighs> I would like to say I can't wait, but I can because I don't ever want to have to use it, <laughs> right? Correct. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this is, uh, yeah, we, we could talk a lot about uh, a lot of these technologies that are on the way. But this is the Globus Excelsius GPS, which we have here at Monument, which Dr. Kyle Schmidt is, uh, well, so far with the screws, 100%. Let me knock on some more wood around here, too. <laughs> but, that, I mean, that's still, that's incredible. It is. I mean, and as a doctor, you have to think, you know, I mean, imagine these doctors in the 60s and 70s, what they could see now, it'd blow their mind. Because you think, I saw this piece of equipment and I thought, when you watched movies in the 60s about how science was going to affect it, this is what they were talking about, right? And now we have it and it exists. And that's so cool. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> and, and those surgeons, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, they were fantastic at what they sure. did. I mean, don't get me wrong, but... Some people say, well, all this technology, well, it's all about, it really comes down to patient safety. Yes. Less time under anesthesia, less errors. They can still, not to say errors, but right. screw misplacement before all this, 14 to 50%. If you knock that down to 5%, that's still a win. Exactly. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much again for coming in to talk about this. Dr. Kyle Schmidt, neurosurgeon at the Monument Health Neuroscience Center. And whatever new piece of technology comes out that you get to use, I want you back on here so we can talk about it, okay? Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> thank you, doctor. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquist, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.